to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again. How have you been these past few days? Yeah, mate. Thank you. It's um, it's been a week of ups and downs, really, with the football. Uh, we've we've had some wild results. We've had some frustrations and whatever. And uh, I'm sure we'll get into it later. But yeah, ups and downs for me. We certainly will. As you say, there's been lots of shocks and surprise results. Some not so surprise results. But we're here. It's another episode, and it also means we're joined, last but certainly not least, by Jamie Brown. Jamie, I hope all is well. How have you been since we last spoke? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. Um, obviously, very disappointed now. Our second team did suffer that defeat against uh, Costa Rica in, in Japan. But um, yeah, obviously got a big final game against Spain now. And, uh, you know, the odds on podcasts can be cheering them on. So uh, we'll see how they get on. Of course, England as well. A frustrating um, game against the USA. Um, kind of a really completely different approach. I'm sure we'll get on to. And that was obviously disappointing to kind of see that come out as a draw. But uh Let's obviously see what happens in that final game and obviously looking forward to that Wales game now. So, uh, yeah, all, all good. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, it has been a roller coaster of emotions these past few days, but Japan have done the hard work once. They can do it again. We've just got to believe. Right, that's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And, of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this week, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's have a quick look back on Friday's Group B action. Craig, after that performance against the United States, has it now become a case of one step forward and two steps back for the three lines? Yeah, I think it has. Yeah, really disappointing. Um, not not so much with the result. I'm disappointed by the result, but disappointing with, in terms of the performance for me. Um, it's sent to go back to the England that we, we don't really want to see too much of. It's the England that we all sort of have our little moans and groans about, really. Um, we were all in high spirits after Monday against Iran. You know, the podcast was absolutely bouncing, to be fair. Um, not just the three points, though, against Iran. The one thing that we all kept coming back to was the style of football, the attacking intent that we showed. And we were really positive because of the way that we played, not just the fact that we picked up three points. Um, all of that was not there on Friday. We were very slow. We were laboured. We were a little too cautious against a team that are a decent side, the US, but are still a team that we should be capable of taking the game to and trying to impose ourselves on them. Um, I'm not going to go over the top in terms of sort of slagging England off in any way because at the end of the day, we've got four points from two games. Uh, we've got a winnable game to come and we look as though we're going to top the group, assuming nothing bizarre happens on Tuesday. But it's the performance, and I think more so, maybe England and Gareth Southgate's mindset from that game that sort of makes me worry a little bit. I thought in the opening game we'd moved away from that. And in many ways, I think the inclusion of Jude Bellingham over Calvin Phillips forced upon Gareth Southgate, helped him get over that. But then I just, like you say, sort of we've took a step forward and now we've gone back a couple. And I think it's more in mindset rather than the fact that we've got four points on the board. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried. 
uh, disappointed, but it's more about the style and the mindset that we've got as opposed to the fact that we actually drew that game. Now, Jamie, much was made about no changes in England starting eleven on Friday. And I don't think you could argue with that decision because everyone had such a good game against Iran, so why change it? But his substitutes, that being Gareth Southgate, they were a bit of a head-scratcher. For example, why no Phil Foden? Where does he fit in? Yeah, look, it was it was a strange one, really. I thought his, his kind of his approach, uh, you know, his substitute certainly reflected that approach to the game. It all kind of seemed about getting a draw. Um, it was a shame because kind of those two matches, the one against Iran and then, of course, against the USA, it felt like two very different approaches. You know, one was playing with the handbrake off and we saw that against Iran and, and we could saw what we could do. And, you know, we scored six goals against the team. I, I, again, obviously, kind of a lot of debate from England fans around it was only Iran, but I think we've seen they, they were still a fairly respectable side. So to go and score six goals against them was was impressive. Against the USA, though, it was kind of, um, you know, the handbrake was really on. Um, and, and that was just very disappointing to see. We, of course, saw Jordan Henderson kind of come into the action to, to shore up the midfield. And, you know, it didn't really feel as though any of those substitutions were to go and really win the game. It was to kind of, you know, I said, just kind of shore up the midfield, make us a bit more solid. So it was disappointing, that approach, because I did feel as though, yes, we faced a, a well-organised USA side who, who did cause us some issues. But... Again, you know, like Craig said, I think this is a US team that we should have gone to and have beaten. Um, so yeah, it just felt as though the approach was to get a draw, and uh, it was very much reflected with the, with the substitutes. But for me, I think Phil Foden is is such a strange one because I think he is one of the best young players on the planet, without a doubt. I mean, you've got Pep Guardiola, um, one of the best, the, the top coaches in the world, absolutely loves him, has him as an integral part of his team, and you know, he's a guy who can't even get on the pitch for England. So that that's a really strange one, and uh, we certainly need to see more of uh, Phil Foden. Um, against Wales because, um, yeah, he, he's certainly one of England's very top players. Well, Craig, when we talk about a lack, we must also reference goals and Harry Kane because he's now dropped to 40-1 to 1 in the golden boot market. That itself will be of no concern to Gareth Southgate, but him misfiring up top certainly will. Yeah, and I think sort of if we continue the conversation we just had, really, I think the talk around Kane and the, the few bits that I've seen on social media since that game more of a nod about how we played on Friday night, really. I think on Monday, if you go back to the Iran game, we'd got a lot of people running off him. Kane was dropping deep and getting involved in, in the game. We'd got a lot of creative freedom around Kane. We'd got Saka and Sterling just switching sides of the pitch. We'd got Mason Mount popping up in, in a variety of, of sort of different places. And we, we, in many ways, we didn't need Harry Kane in that game because everyone else behind him was playing so well. We... We scored six goals, and in many ways, we didn't actually need Harry Kane in that game. Um, on Friday, we were much tighter. We were compact. Where we a lot of play in the middle of the park. We were lacking freedom, and we did need him. That's the game where we did need Harry Kane to come up and do something special. So I think the way that England played behind Kane sort of forced a bit of criticism onto him, if that's the case, because no one else was doing anything that they did on Monday to to take the pressure off him. He, he was in a position where, where we need him. Um, obviously, we're not going to get anywhere near the final if Harry Kane doesn't score. I think that's fair to say, a fair prediction to make. Um, but we can't just pin this on him. The overall attacking display on Friday night was well below par. And the things that we did on Monday that sort of excuse the fact that Harry Kane wasn't on the score sheet, uh, they were all missing on Friday. And, and that's something that we need to rediscover alongside hoping for a goal from Harry Kane. Now, of course, Jamie, we must give the United States credit as well. They definitely had the better of the chances on Friday night. 
when you look at Group B as a whole, another point on their board is far from a bad result. Yeah, look, as, as, as much as obviously we kind of berate England's performance and, and their approach to the game in looks at maybe looking for a point, I actually thought the USA were, were very impressive. Um, I thought they did a, you know, they produced a very, you know, well-disciplined performance. I thought they were very well organised. I do like their midfield as well. I think Weston McKenney is, uh, you know, a guy who's been linked with Tottenham, obviously playing at the top level with Juventus. I thought he was very good. And then, of course, they have Musa and Tyler Adams of Leeds in the middle. And I thought that they played very well. So, yeah, I thought I think it was a, a very good performance from the US. Again, as much as didn't like England's performance and, and the approach to the game, I think USA certainly deserves some credit. And um, I mean, yeah, it's good. that's certainly going to be an interesting game now between Iran and, and USA. But I, I think off the back of that performance, they certainly look like a side that, that do deserve to go into the knockout stages. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens in that game as well. But uh, yeah, I was, I, was, I was relatively impressed by the USA, actually. And um, they de- certainly deserve the point, maybe if not slightly more. But what might kind of let them down is, is maybe their lack of a real goal scorer in that team and uh, really being clinical. Because I think if maybe they had someone who was who was kind of a real top goal scorer, um, maybe they might have got more than a draw against England. But um, yeah, I was I was I was pretty impressed by the USA, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do against Iran and, and see if they can go through. Now let's take a look at the Group B market, Craig. You can get one to six on England winning the group. I won't insult your intelligence and ask you that one. But what about four to one on the United States doing it instead? Could results go their way? Yeah, well, get your pens ready because we're going to do a bit of a Monday morning maths lesson now <laughs> um, to, to sort of show how bad this value is. Now, the, the sort of the caveat to throw in, as I've just mentioned, we're recording this on Monday morning and, and like the rest of the country, I'm not very good on a Monday morning. Um, so here's the, here's the math lesson. Let's go. So the only way that the US can win this group um, is by winning this game themselves. They must win this game themselves to win the group. And then one of two other things has got to happen. The first thing that could happen is Wales beat England. Uh, that's just a straight, if Wales beat England, then, then USA win, they win this group. Or the second is that Wales and England draw. But if they draw, then the USA have got to beat Iran by a margin of four or more and score five goals more than England. So, for example, if England and Wales is 2-2, USA have got to win by four or more and score seven themselves. Now, the point I'm trying to make here is that that second route seems incredibly unlikely to happen. So therefore, unless we've got a wild, wild, wild game in Group B, the only option to me is for the USA to win their game and for Wales to beat us. Uh, now, the double on that happening is just short of 15 to 1. So unless Monday morning's caught me out, and unless my maths uh, bit of education here is wrong, then if I thought that the US could win... I would do the 15 to 1 double rather than the 4 to 1 bet on them to win the game, if that's what you think will happen. I don't think it will happen. But if that's what you think, and, I, and I've worked that outright on a Monday morning, then uh, I'd be going for the 15 to 1 double. I think you're spot on in my head. I can't quite confirm it, but it sounds about right. I mean, you're asking for a United States 7 3 win if England and Wales draw. That's not going to happen, is it? So, yeah, why take the 4-1? to one? Take the double instead. But, Jamie, you can get 5-6 to six on Iran either qualifying or not qualifying out of Group B. So if you're flipping this coin, what side is it landing on for you? Yeah, this, this is going to be a really difficult one to call. And, again, I think Iran were another side that, that slightly impressed me. I thought they were very good against Wales. They were very dominant in that game. 
at 21 attempts. And uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be quite a tight match between the USA and Iran. Um, I, th I think the big thing is, is that it's going to be kind of a game where um, I think both teams have kind of shown a real lack of cutting edge. Um, you know, USA, we saw them, they're wasteful against Wales. Um, they also, you know, just didn't have quite enough to kind of cut England, at, you know, really uh, score a goal against England. Um, and I think as well, Iran, we, we saw, you know, I mentioned they had 21 shots, but only six of them were on target. So I think this is going to be probably a low scoring one. Um, but I actually think the USA will come out on top here just about. I just think given the, the, the way they played against England, kind of the structure they had. Um, and I think maybe just about they might have the quality to kind of come out on top here. So um, actually, just in terms of this match, um, I quite like the look of a USA win um, and under 2.5 goals. You can get that at three to one. But uh, of course, that would mean that USA come out on top in terms of um, qualifying out of Group B. So, uh, yeah, I think USA are probably my pick here just about. OK, we're going to go bet building now and we focus on England because it's England versus Wales on Tuesday and we're going to try and construct another winning combination. Craig, once again, you're up top. What is the anytime goal scorer from you, please? I want to keep things nice and simple this week. Uh, I'm going to go with Harry Kane. So I don't think he's due a goal. I think he's overdue a goal, if anything. Uh, I think he knows that we're in a bit of a sort of desperate need for a performance from him. He's England captain. I'm, I'm backing him to stand up and deliver a performance that, that we exactly what we need and that's going to include a Harry Kane goal. Uh, part of the reasoning behind this that I will add in is also I'm not really sure who Gareth Southgate's going to play in behind him. There's cases can be made for many, many different players. So rather than picking someone who's potentially not going to play, we'll get on to the 11 in a minute, I know. Um, I'm going to stick with something really simple. Harry Kane, he's just under evens. Uh, a game that England want to win. We need to bounce back. when We're looking for a positive performance. So I think it's a decent price. So yeah, Harry Kane to score any time for me. Yeah, I'll take that. Jamie, what have you got on the over-under goals? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals for this one. I think you could maybe I'll put the case across. Um, there could be lots of goals in this one because Wales, of course, need to go out and win this game. Um, but my feeling is that Wales's approach will be to kind of go out and try and nick a, nick a win rather than, um, you know, really go kind of gung-ho in this one. So, um, yeah, I think this is going to be kind of a case where it plays out as a derby match. I think both teams are going to be desperate kind of um, to, to, to kind of get the better of the other. And I think that that's certainly going to play a factor and, and, and we'll see fewer goals in this one. So, yes, I, I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals because I think Wales are going to make it kind of tricky for England to break them down and uh, we'll look to try and nick a win. So, uh, yes, I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals here. OK, I'm going to go with the both teams to receive a card market this time. I'm going to go for yes, being one card each. With it being an international derby, as you say, Jamie, there's going to be no love lost between England and Wales and there may need to be a discipline check from time to time. Now, England are yet to pick up a card in this tournament, but I've got a feeling that Wales are going to bring their nasty streak out. And that's why I'm opting for at least one each on Tuesday. OK, just to recap our three picks now. Craig has gone for Harry Kane to score any time. Jamie's gone for under 2.5 goals. And I've gone for both teams to receive at least one card on Tuesday. Odds of 13 to 2, which means if you put £10 on the betting slip, £75 in your back pocket if it gets over the line. I hope we get over the line. I hope you get over the line. And we all are celebrating a decent win before the round of 16. But let's have a chat about the game itself now. Craig, in terms of England starting 11, would you be making any changes from what we saw on Friday night? You know what, Dan? I think it's really up in the air, this. And I think when we talk about England teams, we've all got our own opinion about who we want. And we've all got an opinion about what Gareth Southgate will do. Uh, but the, the honest answer is here. I, I genuinely don't know what Gareth Southgate's going to do. And, and I'll be honest, I don't really know what I want either. Um, if it was me, the one thing I would say is I keep everything the same in defence to midfield. It's the front line that we need to look at. 
if you're forcing me to put something out there and to change, I do think we need to change things up. Then I would maybe swap Saka and Sterling out and bring in Grealish and Marcus Rashford. Um, I think the of the sub options that we've got, Marcus Rashford's the player who will give us a, the biggest goal threat. I think he's the mo- the best goal threat that we've got from those who play in behind Kane. And I think Jack Grealish, as we saw when he came on against the US, he's just got this ability to create space for others on the field. And that's something that before he came on, I thought we really struggled with. And Mason Mount sort of does draw in a bit of criticism here and there. But one thing you can say about him is that he got a lot of space and he popped up in different areas against Iran and he'd absolutely none of that against the US. And I just think Jack Grealish sort of draws players towards him and, and creates that. And I also think by dropping Saka, who's, who's done nothing wrong, by the way, and do, probably doesn't deserve to be dropped, I just think it gives us the option of really bringing on some pace for the last 20 minutes and getting someone to come on and, and really run at people. I think when we made the changes on Friday, um, the changes that came on didn't really work, but it didn't really up the intensity of the game. Or it didn't bring us any, like, what looked like fresh legs, really. Jack Grealish had a lot of the ball, but he's quite slow in his build-up and it's, it's all sort of focused on little intricate dribbling here and there rather than raw pace. Um, so I think that although Saka probably doesn't deserve to be dropped, I think maybe from a tactical point of view, if you need something in the last 20 minutes, he maybe does give a, a bit of a better option. Uh, three games in a week for, for everybody, obviously including Wales. If we do need to push, then then I don't see anyone better in this team to come on and really run at people. Um, just to round off, you'll notice I've not mentioned Phil Foden in there. Everybody's crying for Phil Foden to play. And I can't fault. I think he's a wonderful, wonderful football player. Um, but I'm, I think the only way that Foden gets in this team is for Mason Mount. I don't think Gareth Southgate would go that attacking. Uh, so that's why I would leave Phil Foden out. But yeah, that's pretty much my eleven: swapping out um, Saka and Sterling and bringing Grealish and Rashford into the team. Well, Jamie, we spoke about Harry Kane earlier. If you were the manager, would you rest him and keep him fresher for the round of 16 and potentially beyond? Mm. Because bar a disaster, progress is at least assured. Or is this a risk that you cannot afford to take? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, this is going to be a really kind of tricky decision for Gareth Southgate. Um, for me personally, I actually would be tempted to kind of rest him here. I think against um, USA, I think he kind of looked like he was not ready for that game. Um, I think we saw he kind of had heavy strapping on his foot and clearly um, the way he was playing, it was kind of really picking his moments during the game to kind of, you know, when to kind of drop deep and his movement was just seemed to be quite a lot more limited than it was against Iran. For me, against uh, in that first game, I really felt like he was almost England's most influential player. He was, you know, dropping deep and was creating opportunities and you had runners in behind him and that was working really well. But, um, you know, against the USA, it was very much a different story. It was just almost a lack of movement from Harry Kane. You could see he wasn't quite really fit for that game. So, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about Kane's fitness. So I actually probably would look to rotate him here and I would do that because I think you've got the option to do that. Um, Marcus Rashford would be my pick to come in for him. Um, I, I, I still think Marcus Rashford is a really, really good player and, and someone who can step up. Um, I think this season he's kind of been back to his best. I think uh, maybe a year or so for, for Rashford in terms of having had injuries. And, um, you know, he seems to have overcome that now and I've been really impressed by him this season. I was really impressed when he came off the bench against Iran. So actually, I would look to start Marcus Rashford here. Um, Phil Foden as well would be my other pick. Again, I just think his quality is just too good um, to not be starting for England. So Foden has to come in for, for Sterling, in my opinion. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to see pretty much the same attacking setup um, as we did against the USA. I think it's very clear that it, um, Harry Kane will start uh, this game as well. So as much as I do want to see changes and, and maybe freshen it up, 
um, Harry Kane will almost certainly be starting against Wales. So, yes, I think that will happen. Um, and, and and maybe, obviously, we've seen so many calls for Foden to start and uh, Southgate may look to kind of um, listen to those calls. But uh, I, I think Gareth Southgate will stick with what he's got. Now, in terms of risk, Craig, I guess that is exactly what Wales are going to have to do. And for any joy, they're likely going to need to score first. So would you be backing any goal before the 28th minute at odds of 5-6? to six? I think I would say yes, really. Um, but I, I think this may be sort of optimism that England are going to start well again, like they did against Iran. I want, England, I want to see England on the front foot, and I, and I want them to be positive. Just like we did against Iran, it's, we're not asking for England to do something that we've not seen for, for many, many months. We, we saw it a week ago. I think you're right with Wales. I think they've got nothing to lose. And in some way, whatever that is, Wales will sort of bring the game to England. Now, I think Jamie made a good point earlier on saying that they maybe won't just go all out and just throw caution to the wind and go for it. But maybe things like set pieces, um, and when they do get the ball in attacking areas, they do they've no choice but to throw that extra player or two forward to try and get a win here. They'll want to cause an upset, even if they've nothing to play for. Wales will be going all out to beat England. Let's let's be realistic about that. But they do have something to play for. The qualification chances that Wales have got are pretty slim. Um, but they won't want to go home with regrets. And I think the feeling that I got after Wales's performance against Iran is that they did have regrets, and that, that's something that they'll really want to put right. Um, if England come out as they did last Monday against Iran, it should be a fairly lively game from the start. It should hopefully have a bit of an open feel to it, and all of that sort of feeds into this bet that you've thrown thrown up there. So, so yeah, it is something that I'd be looking at. Now, Jamie, Gareth Bale was largely anonymous against Iran, although he did score the opening goal when England met Wales in Euro 2016. How does backing him to score first at odds of 17-2 to two sound to you? Mm. Yeah, well, look, it's obviously been a strange in kind of the last couple of episodes that we've done on England. We've obviously been kind of um, having a real go at the defence to say how much stronger the attack was. But against the USA, I was actually quite impressed by the defence. For me, Harry Maguire thought put in a very solid display. Um, I think he was probably England's best performer on the night. So I do actually think um, England can keep uh, keep Wales at bay here. Um, I also, you know, you mentioned there as well with, with Gareth Bale. He just looked so off the pace. Um, against Iran. So, um, yeah, I don't actually fancy him to score here. I think England are capable of keeping a clean sheet here. So, um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm actually probably steer clear of this one, in my opinion. Now, Craig, if Wales do end up getting the first flight home, do you think that's the last we'll see of Gareth Bale in a Wales shirt? Dare I say, the last we see of him as a professional footballer? I think I'd be surprised if he if he gave it up all in one go and, and completely retired from football after this. And I hope that he doesn't, you know. But my guess is that another year in America maybe before he retires but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he left after this competition I think even if Wales lose and they come home and they've been eliminated at the group stage and they've only picked up one point and, and that you know he's, he's still led his international team to their first World Cup in 64 years he's been an integral part of their team for the past decade or whatever it is and, and a big reason as to why they qualified so I think that would still be in many ways, him leaving on a high. I don't think Gareth Bale would want to leave after a Nations League game against Slovenia or, or whoever it is that comes along. I think Gareth Bale would like to leave on his terms and I think he would like to leave on a high. And, and as I said, even if they, they go and lose to England and they leave the World Cup at the first stage and they've picked up just one point from three games, I still see that as like sort of leaving on a bit of a high. And I think it's a perfect time for, for Bale to sort of draw a line under his Welsh career, say... 
onwards you go without me. Good luck. Let's let get the youngsters in uh, and sort of leave it like that. But in terms of overall football, I, I do think he'll, he'll maybe play another year in America before he retires. Now, Jamie, we've seen England beat ahead at the interval. We've seen them been held at the interval in this World Cup. How do you mm-hmm. think this one pans out from a half-time, full-time point of view? Yeah, look, for, for this selection, I think it's between a draw and then an England win at full-time, or I think it's an England win um, at half-time and then a, the same at full-time. Um, but I think um, I think it's going to be... I think with uh, the draw at half-time, an England win at full-time at 3-1, to one, and the fact that, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to kind of play out like a derby game um, I think it's going to be maybe a frustrating first half for England. Um, and then I think in the second half, Wales might look to come out and, and maybe go for that win. And I think that is where we might see England's kind of quality and attack kind of shine through. Um, so my pick here, I think I'm going to go for a draw half time, um, England full time. Um, and you can get that at three to one. OK, Craig. Now, England are yet to have a penalty at this year's World Cup. With odds of 10 to three for a first on Tuesday, take your interest. Um, do you know, I'm not really sure that we're set up to win too many penalties, if I'm honest with you. I think if Jack Grealish plays, then that adds some appeal to this bet because he just runs at players and some of those runs start from outside of the box, but, but many of them end inside the box and uh, with the potential for him to be to be brought down. But I just think we always seem to set up sort of around the box area and whether that's starting out wide or that's Kane dropping deep and coming out of the box. Uh, we've got Rice and Bellingham who seem to line up sort of 22, 25 yards out in the middle of the pitch and we just seem to play around the box and then eventually attack at some sort of late stage so I'm not quite sure that our style and the way that we play football is is the kind of one that would attract too many penalties to be given against us um, obviously I'll take one on Tuesday if there's one going if uh, if the referee wants to oblige um, the one thing I would say about Tuesday's game though is, is I do think that I'm hoping that Jack Grealish plays and then if you sort of go down the route that I mentioned about Saka coming on for the past the last sort of 20-30 minutes um, there's going to be tired legs all over that pitch. Every player will have played sort of three games in a week. And I just think that someone like him running at players and scaring defences is the way to sort of uh, get a penalty maybe. So, so yeah, th- there's a chance, but I'm not sure the overall England style of play really feeds into penalties, if I'm honest. Well, Jamie, I asked about Gareth Bale scoring first. You weren't keen on that. What would be your value pick when it comes to an anytime England goal scorer? Yeah, look, I'm I'm going to go for Marcus Rashford here. Um, I think Marcus Rashford, I think he's going to play some sort of part during this match. Um, I think he's got chances to start, as I said, obviously with Kane's fitness kind of being uncertain. Um, but I think it'll be a case of where he does come off the bench. Um, I mentioned kind of earlier in, in uh, the half-time, full-time um, segment, I said I, I feel like the game will obviously be frustrating in the first half for England. But I think it will kind of open up in, in that second half of Wales obviously having to win that game. Um, so I think he can certainly make an impact off the bench. Um, so you can get him to score at any time at uh, 21 to 10. Right, before we move on further, I'd like a correct score bet from you both. And I'll get involved as well this time. It's England versus Wales. With that in mind, Craig, you get first pick. What score have you got in mind? Yeah, I'm going for a 2-1 win to England, which is available at odds of 9-1. to I think at some point in this game, Wales will throw everything at us. And whether that's from the start, whether it's in the second half, or whether it is when they go a goal behind... They, they will come and attack us at some point, and I think they'll get a goal from somewhere. They've nothing to lose. Uh, they're good at set pieces. They've got some big men in the air. And, and maybe we are seeing the final Wales game for Gareth Bale, who's going to have a point to prove if that's the case. Uh, but having said all that, I just don't see us losing this. I think we're going to have learnt from the US game. I think we'll throw a bit more caution, hopefully, to this sort of somewhere in between the US game and the Iran game, uh, freshen up the attacking line. Maybe not the prettiest game in the world, but do enough to get a win and go through as group winners. So it's 2-1 to England to me. Uh, odds are 9-1. to 
Okay, Jamie, you're up next. What correct score are you hoping for? Yeah, I'm going to go for a win to nil for England here. And uh, I'm going to go for 2-0. Uh, you get that 6-1, to one, I feel, with Wales um, against Iran. They just was kind of so disappointing in terms of there was a real lack of threat um, of their, uh, towards the Iran goal. So I, I think England can keep them at bay. I think England defensively actually really did impress me against the US. We saw the US did have chances, but uh, I think England looked really strong in defence in that game. So I think we can kind of keep Wales at bay here. And uh, yeah, I said, I'm going to go for a win to nil, a 2-0 win for England at 6-1. Uh, Fantastic. I'm going to bring up the rear and I'm going to go for a 3-1 England win at odds of 12-1. England are going to have a point to prove after Friday's board draw. With knockout football all but assured, they need to use this game as a reset of sorts, to be honest. Forget what happened against the United States. If anything, the tournament proper starts on Tuesday. So with the three lines backfiring on all cylinders before the round of 16, that's what I'm backing. A 3-1 win at odds of 12-1. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's mop up the other clashing Group B now. And as mentioned earlier, this one sees the United States play Iran. So Craig, the US need a win in this game to advance to the round of 16. Would you be backing this at odds of 10 to 11? I'm really struggling to split these two, to be honest with you, Dan. I think the US are the better team. And I think most people would, would see that. But they've got a real problem when it comes to finishing. And I think that's probably already cost them in this tournament to a certain extent. I think they were excellent in the first half against Wales and, and came away from that 1-0 up but should have really scored another and could well have put that game to bed. I think if they'd got the finishing boots on against England, they could well have beaten us, to be honest. And, it, you know, I don't think it's too far-fetched to say that the US could maybe have had six points at this stage. And, and actually, they've got two. Um, but purely from a betting perspective, though, and given the fact that the draw would likely see a run through in, in those circumstances, I think it's the draw that I'm going to go with. It's available at five to two. I just think that should the word get out to to Iran that England are winning against Wales, which I'm hoping that they are, I can see Iran really stopping playing, not risking anything, defending for their lives, just completely shutting up shop. And against a team in the US that have not got the best record when it comes to finishing so far in the first two games, I just fear that they might not quite be able to put the ball in the back of the net. So I'm going to go with a draw at 5-2, to two, sort of hoping that the other game has a bit of an impact in how Iran play here and it, and it really tightens this one up. Well, Jamie, both the US games have ended in under 2.5 goals. It's only 8-11 to 11 in terms of odds, but are you confident the same outcome unfolds against Iran? Yeah, I am. I, th I think um, USA, as I mentioned, kind of really great defensive structure from them um, against England. I think they had a strong midfield and, and kind of defensive lines. Um, they conceded just one big chance against England as well. So I think that's crucial in terms of showing that limited kind of England's quality. And we mentioned, you know, England have obviously got so much attacking quality. So to kind of limit them to just one big opportunity was was, was really impressive. Um, but I think attacking-wise, that's, that's crucial to mention from both teams. Um, they've both been very wasteful and kind of maybe lacking a, a goal scorer. The USA, they had 10 shots against England. Just one of them was on target, just showing their very wasteful side. Iran, they obviously had 21 shots against Wales and just six of them were on target. So I think both teams um, shown that they can be kind of wasteful um, and uh, maybe kind of really lacking in goals in that team. So I think that um, the US is maybe good defensive structure, um, but missing kind of that goal scorer. The same for Iran as well in terms of missing a goal scorer. I think that will lead to a low scoring game and uh, another under 2.5 here. 
Yeah, I think something to consider here is that both teams or both matches are playing at the same time, aren't they? So maybe the in-play bet might actually offer some value. Let's say the US go a goal down, you might feel confident of them getting a draw, which may not be good enough, but you know there might be some juice in terms of that bet. So I would keep an eye on the in-play, maybe not put all your eggs in the basket beforehand, see the ebb and flow of the games themselves. But Craig, in terms of goal scorers, Christian Pulisic was unfortunate to rattle the bar against England on Friday. You can get odds of 9-4 to four for him to score any time against Iran. Is this one that tempts you at all? I thought he played really well against us. I thought he had a really, really good game. I'm not surprised. You know, he, he does have a bit of a point to prove and, and he's got to show show that he sort of does deserve to be in that Chelsea team and, and he should be one of the, the better players in there. I just get the feeling that if the US have something special happen in this game, then it's going to be coming off his boot, I think. And I think that sort of comes across after the England game as well. I always got the feeling that if the US were going to score, whether it were an assist, a goal, a bit of good play in the build-up, whatever it was, Pulisic was going to be involved in, in some kind of way. Uh, he got himself into some really good positions. I think he will do again here against an Iran team that's not going to defend as well as England. I think, sort of Jamie mentioned earlier on, I, I too thought England defended quite well on Friday night, to be honest with you. Um if you think the US can score, then I think it's a great price. But as I've sort of mentioned earlier on in this podcast, I'm not really sure that they can. And they, they do lack a finisher and, and maybe just looks not going their way at the minute. Um, also, I do, as I've sort of mentioned, if the England game is going Iran's way, then I do think Iran's going to completely shut up shop here and, and just sort of defend the point. So there's sort of two things that are putting me off. But at the same time, if you think that the US can score or or whatever, then I do think that Pulisic is in some way going to play a, a big part in that goal, just because I thought he was really good on Friday night. Well, by the same token, Jamie, Mehdi Taremi finds himself at odds of 10-3 to 3 in the anytime market. Does that take your interest instead? Yeah, well, look, earlier I mentioned, I think the USA are going to just about come out on top here. So I'm going to look to the USA for a goal scorer here, actually. Um, and I'm going to go for Timothy Weyer. Uh, you get him at 10-3. to 3. Um, I think he's maybe, if you look at that American team, I think he is that one guy who, who's probably going to get that goal that might just nick it for the USA. Um, he's obviously the only guy to score for the USA at the moment in, the, in this tournament. So, yeah, I'm going to back him here to uh, double his tally against Iran. Um, so, yeah, Timothy Ware is, is my pick for an anytime goal scorer here. And you get that at 10 to 3. Very tempting. Right, before we move on, I'd like a correct score bet from you both, and I'll offer one up as well. This time, the United States versus Iran. Right, before we move on, I'd like a correct score bet from you both. If we focus on the United States versus Iran this time, I'll offer up a score as well. And with that in mind, Jamie, you get first pick. What score have you got in mind? Yeah, I mean, this is obviously a very difficult match to call, and I think it's going to kind of play out like that on the, on the pitch. I think it's going to be a very tight game. Um, I said, I, I think at low scoring one as well, I just think both teams are maybe lacking that real kind of cutting edge and have been wasteful in this tournament. So um, I'm going to go for a 1-0 win for USA. I think they're just going to nick it. Um, I think they just about have the quality to come out on top here. Um, and you get a 1-0 win for the USA at 6-1. Uh, and Craig, you're up next. What correct score are you hoping for? Yeah, I'm going for a, a nil-nil draw me, which is available at 15-2, to two, sort of touching on pretty much everything I've mentioned for the past five or ten minutes, and we spoke about both games. I think we often underestimate the uh, the way in which another game can affect things in the group stage, in, in the final sort of round of games. So I think England will get ahead against Wales, and I think Iran will find out, and then they'll see, see how close they are to qualification and just completely stop attacking. They'll just defend the lead that they've got. Um I'd be worried about it sort of working against them when they're facing most other teams. But given that the US have really struggled to put the ball in the back of the net, it could well work for them here. So I'm going to go for a nil-nil in this one, which is 15-2. to two. 
Right, I'm going to bring up the rear and I'm going to go for a one-all draw. So barring Wales doing the unthinkable and beating England, say, 5-0, Iran don't have to go for the win in this encounter. That's not to say that they will sit back, but if they do go a goal up, I think the job is almost done and the shutters will come down. And this is where the United States will largely suffer. With this in mind, I still feel they are going to be good for a goal, but not enough to go through. So therefore, I'm backing the one-all draw odds of 6-1. to one. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insights and betting tips ahead of this World Cup week. Right, there's plenty of World Cup action still to discuss, and more importantly, the other games that are taking place in Group A. So Craig, first up is Ecuador versus Senegal. A draw would do for the South Americans. Would a simple double chance bet at odds of 4-11 to make sense here? Yeah, I think that's definitely the safest way to bet here. And for anyone who's sort of putting together their ACAS for the last round of games, then I think it'll certainly appeal to them. Um, a draw, as you'd say, would do. At the same time, though, let's let's not forget that a win by a bigger margin than what the Netherlands beat Qatar by, assuming that they do, uh, top spots for the taking here. Now, I don't think that will happen, but um, as we've mentioned when we've just been talking about the England game, scores get around and, and people know and a talk of a goal or no goals or, or whatever could really change the way that this game flows and could instantly give Ecuador something to really go at. I think they would want to win this group if they could. Um, to avoid, assumingly, playing England in the uh, in the knockout round. So, but saying that, sort of Ecuador do have something to lose as well. So, so I don't so they're necessarily going to go all out as such here. They do need to make sure they qualify first. Um, so I think, yeah, it's sort of an awkward one to think about, depending on what could happen in the game. But if you're just looking for a very simple and safe hacker pick for the uh, the final round of games, then yeah, draw or Ecuador, sort of gives you coverage about both things really, depending on how this game could go. So yeah, good shout that. Okay, Jamie, a win could see Ecuador finish top of the group at the expense of the Netherlands. With that in mind, does a win and over 2.5 goals in the game between them and Senegal at odds of 10-3 to 3, interest you? Yeah, I mean, look, look, first, I think a game like this is kind of why I always love the World Cup uh, group stages. I think a fixture like this should should never really seem to be interesting, but I, I personally can't wait to watch this one. I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, but I think I think one thing the South Americans will kind of look at in this match is they'll know that Senegal have had their main uh, goal scorer taken out of the team. So I think the focus for Ecuador will be just on getting the right result. Um, so I think we're going to see a kind of a maybe more pragmatic approach from, from Ecuador and um, making them kind of difficult to kind of break down and, and really looking to get that right result, which will see them through. But look, they're also a side who are very good defensively. I mean, coming into this tournament, they've kept six clean sheets in their last eight competitive matches. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think they're a side who who will look to kind of make this a difficult one for Senegal. Uh, Senegal as well, I mentioned they obviously did lose Sadio Mane, they're, they're kind of their top scorer coming into this tournament as well. So that is a big loss. So I'm actually expecting a low scoring one here. Um, I think Ecuador, very good defensively. Um, so, yeah, I think an Ecuador win and uh, under 2.5 goals might be the way to go here. I, do, I think Ecuador going to be a really interesting side. I think if England are to play them and they do as an Ecuador, Ecuador do finish runners up. I think it's going to be a tough game for England. I do like the look of Ecuador. So, um, yes, I'm going to go for under two point, maybe in a slightly different direction here and uh, back under 2.5 goals. Now, at the same time, Craig, the Netherlands go up against Qatar. The Dutch have not been too impressive as a whole, but Cody Gakpo is certainly having a great tournament so far. Would you be backing him to score any time at odds of 6-4? to four? I think I would, yeah. He started really well. He was the top scorer in Eredivisie coming into the tournament, I think. And if we want to sort of flippantly throw this in. He's probably not done his chances of signing for Manchester United in January anyhow at the minute, to be honest with you, because uh, I think they'll be hunting for a striker now. Um, I think we're still really yet to see the best of the Dutch going forward. 
they've not really had any kind of attacking explosion. But I think despite that, Gakpo's got two in two and he's scoring goals when his team around him is probably not playing as, as well as what we would have hoped that they did, that they should do. Uh, Given sort of Memphis Depay struggling for match fitness by the looks of it, it they're turning to Gakpo and, and asking him to be the man to deliver and, and putting him in uh, sort of the focal point of the, many of their attacks. So, yeah, I think he's a, a good shout. I think he's a good player. He knows where the back of the net is and uh, maybe he'll be on a few Manchester United shirts in January. Now, Jamie, is it the perfect opportunity to put the Qatari team to the sword and assure finishing top of Group A? Would a win an over 3.5 total goals or to 7-5 to grab your interest or is it a bit too short for you? Yeah, I would, I'd probably argue that it would be a bit too short. I think the Netherlands might kind of look at this game and obviously on paper they should kind of maybe get four goals. But in reality, I'm not entirely sure they will get four goals here. Um, I don't see Qatar kind of contributing either. I think defensively, um, I think Netherlands have more than enough to kind of keep them at bay. So it, again, it would come down to Netherlands having to score four here, um, which I'm not sure they'll do. I think they'll also, I'm not entirely convinced it will be an emphatic win for them. I think the Netherlands will kind of know that they can get the job done um, and maybe kind of save a bit for the round of 16. I don't think they'll want to kind of go gung-ho here. Um, so I don't think it's, I think it's, it does seem like they probably should be getting four goals here against this a, a really poor Qatar team. But uh, I think maybe given those odds and the fact that they might look to save something for the round of 16 instead of really kind of racking up the goals here is this is one I might look to just steer clear of. And uh, as well, we, we kind of see Netherlands, they haven't looked like a particularly threatening side or a side that have got lots and lots of goals in them. So, uh, yeah, I probably would just about stay clear of this one. Yeah, if it was 2-1 to one or above, I think I'd be interested, but I feel it's too skinny. As you say, the Dutch haven't blown either of the opposition so far away at the moment, so I'm not in a race to back that bet. But let's mop up Wednesday's action now. This time you've got a group each. Craig, what are the best bets you can find from Group C? Uh, yeah, really struggle with this, Dan, to be honest with you. Um, I've got one for you, and, and I'm going to go with Saudi Arabia to beat Mexico. Ooh. And I think... I sort of, we're expecting Argentina are going to start eventually coming good now based on the fact that they beat Mexico the other day. It wouldn't surprise me if they went on and beat Poland. I think they're a bit short for that, so I've left that one alone. Um, that result, though, would mean that Saudi Arabia will more than likely have to win against Mexico to qualify, uh, unless Argentina win by a huge, huge margin and then, then a draw could maybe do it. Uh, but that seems really unlikely. So I think sort of with that in mind and... One of the things I want to go back to is Saudi Arabia's second half performance against Argentina when they got nothing to lose and they would no choice but to attack. I thought they were excellent and I thought they really took the game to them. And I just get the feeling that that could well happen at some point in this game, whether it's the first or the second half, word gets through that Argentina are winning. Saudi Arabia know that they've got to win and their mind switches to something a bit more attacking and, and they do throw everything at Mexico. And I don't think Mexico have played anywhere near the standard that we were hoping they would in this tournament. Um, so Saudi Arabia, with nothing to lose, could well go out there and, and sort of nick it. And Mexico are not out. I just sort of mentioned that they're not out, but they're very close. Uh, but they've really disappointed me. I just think that 15-4, to 4, which is almost 4-1 to 1 for a Saudi Arabia win, just sort of strikes me as being too big, really. Yeah, I like the sound of that one. Bad news for Mexico, though. Jamie, you've got the same task this time, Group D. What are the best bets here? Yeah, look, I'm going to back Denmark to kind of get the job done. I think they're going to beat um, Australia and uh, I think it's going to be a low scoring one. So I'm going to go Denmark win and uh, under 2.5 goals, you can get that 5-2. to two. Um, I think it's very likely that they should beat Australia. Um, but I, th I think obviously with the Socceroos kind of still able to get through, I think they're going to put up a strong fight. 
Um, I don't think it'll be a case of where Denmark will blow them away. So, yeah, I'm confident of a, of a Denmark win. But I think it'll be kind of a few goals we've seen. Denmark haven't been particularly emphatic scorers. Um, they obviously struggled to score against Tunisia as well. Obviously, just one against France. So, uh, yeah, no scoring win here for Denmark. And you get that at 5-2. to two. OK, we may as well continue the pattern and move on to Thursday. Craig, this time, I'd like your best bets from Group E. Yeah, let's get into Group E with Craig, eh? I guess. Um, yeah. Anyway, before we get talking about Japan, let's just let's just mention for all you people who listen to this show rather than watching the videos that we produce on YouTube. If you bob over to YouTube at some point later today on Monday or Tuesday, uh, you'll see that I'm wearing my Japan shirt, which has finally arrived to show my uh, support for them in the tournament. Uh, sadly, after their, the, an absolutely fantastic performance, followed by a really poor one. Um, so. I'm going to put up a bet that I mentioned at the start of the tournament, and I'm sticking with it. It's Japan or draw against Spain in the double chance market. It's still priced up at 7-4. to four. I think there's some good value there. And I'm going to try and convince everyone why now on the back of losing 1-0 to Costa Rica. Um, I think we saw the best of Japan against Germany, and we saw the style of game that suits them. Uh, they soaked up a lot of pressure. They invited Germany onto them, and they tried to catch them on the break. And, and in the second half, it worked. In the first half, I thought... Japan had a couple of chances on the break and um, and played really well. But that's where we see sort of Japan's game plan working. I think if you look at the game against Costa Rica, we saw their limitations. And when they're favourites and they've got the ball and it's up to them to actually create something and do something, they're no way the same team. I think they're a team that sets themselves up to be underdogs. And if they're not underdogs, then they don't look very good. They sort of set themselves up to just sit and allow the other team to do what they want in the hope of nicking the ball in midfield, thanks to their high press, and, and then going forward and sort of nicking one on the break. Um, Spain's going to have a hell of a lot of the ball here. Spain are fantastic on the ball. There's no doubt in that. Uh, Japan's going to allow them to do that and, and look to hit them on the break. It's not going to be pretty. Um, I've got to stick with my boys, Japan, after having such a good start last week. I think sort of mentioning at the start of the tournament, we had sort of Japan or draw against Germany and Japan or draw against Spain. And only one of those needed to hit for um, for the profit. So... We've, we've got one. Why not play the other? And Jamie, this means you're mopping up the best bets from Group F. Yeah, look, I'm going to go for... Um, I've already kind of um, obviously spoken about this group in terms of I think Belgium might exit the group. I've, I've kind of been confident of that. And, you know, we obviously saw them lose 2-0 against Morocco. So maybe that might look good. But I'm going to go for another one here in terms of um, how the group might play out. I'm going to go for Morocco to win the group. Uh, you get that at two to one. They face Canada in their final game, and uh, I'm confident that they can get a big win here. Uh, currently, they're just minus one on, on goal difference behind Croatia. So, you know, uh, uh, maybe a big win here. Um, I, I think they can uh, they can overtake Croatia. Um, I think the African side. I think they should be confident of of winning big here, um, regardless of, of Croatia's result and uh, against Belgium. So, yeah, I'm going to go for Morocco to win the group here. Um, you get that at two to one. That's a very good shout, that, especially after their performance against Belgium. Right, it's time for our final bit of business now. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each, combine it into an acker. We try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go against the uh, the, the fantastic sort of summary that Jamie's just given us about Morocco, actually. I'm going for Canada or draw on the double chance market against Morocco on Thursday. It's odds of 8 to 11. Uh, Canada have been far above what I expected from them at, at this tournament. And although experience told and they faded against Croatia, uh, they, they've done absolutely nothing wrong for me. I think they've, they've performed with, with great credit. There's not going to be no disappointment in their camp that they've been knocked out. This is what they would have expected. 
they came to this World Cup as a learning curve for four years' time, and they want something to build on in the future. They've got no disappointment, and they've also got absolutely nothing to play for at all. However, the sort of the flick of the switch and taking the sort of expectations off them could well work in their favour. They've been inches away from getting points on the board. They they should have taken something from their first game against Belgium. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but I'm backing them to do that in the final game. No pressure on them. Just get something. Uh, they deserve it. So uh, Canada or draw in the double chance market against Morocco on Thursday, 8-11. to 11. It's an interesting shout. Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to go for Uruguay to beat Ghana and you can get that at 3-4. to four. I think it's obviously going to be interesting. On the on the day we are recording, Uruguay do play their second game. They play against, they're, they're against Portugal, so that's going to be an interesting one. But I do really like this Uruguay team. I think they were disappointing in their approach um, in their opening game against South Korea. But um, I think there were some, still some really good individual performances. And the likes of Rodrigo Benzenkur, Federico Valverde. And I think defensively, they really did impress me. I think they've got some big names, the likes of Jimenez, obviously Diego Godin as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're going to be a side who can still kind of really play a part of this World Cup. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go for them to, to kind of on that final match day uh, to beat Ghana. And you get that at three to four. Top shout there. I'm going to go for Argentina to get the better of Poland. Now, the South American nation will look to top Group C, and the best way to do that is by getting the better of their European counterparts. Lionel Messi has scored twice in as many games, and I reckon he leads his charges to a second successive win, and it's one that I'm backing at odds of 9-20. to Right, that brings us to full time now, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. With the World Cup being as fast-paced as it is, our next episode is this coming Friday as we focus on the round of 16. And as mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now, I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. I'll see you on Friday when England and Japan have both topped their groups. Top man. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. And uh, of course, yeah, really exciting World Cup so far. Really felt like it has flown by and, uh, you know, interesting in, in kind of who's going to come out on top here. I think there's so many things that still kind of feel so unpredictable at the moment in terms of maybe who's going to win the golden boot as well. Who's going to come out on top in, in each of the groups and uh, who's going to come out on top overall. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be another interesting week. And uh, yeah, obviously, see you got all, all you guys on Friday. Cheers, mate, and also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy, this is the Odds On Podcast, and until next time, goodbye. (laughs) 